Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. creators this is john and this is once again the sketch podcast i am here as always with bill nichols and bob hickey and tonight we're going to talk about the day jobs and how that informs affects and otherwise cuts into our all-important comic book time hello how you doing guys hey john hey johnny hi billy (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the day job. We all have them. Uh-huh. And it does take away from our comic book time, sadly. But um, it also, I guess, in its own way, helps, perhaps, our comic book time. Or not. Well, it can. <laughs> Everybody got I mean, quiet. <laughs> well, I brought this up the other a little bit ago. with um, I got an email from Antonio Garcia. Shout out to Antonio. Antonio. Uh, who, who listens to the podcast and... Uh, He's working in his what he calls the boiler. His wife calls it the boiler room. It's it's his <laughs> drawing place in the basement. Nice. And uh, which sounds like my room, my studio from years ago. But uh, you know, he has a day job, and then he, when he gets home, he puts some time in in his studio. I mean, there are so many. I mean, even pros who have regular jobs, who also you know ink as well. But I think that one of the things that it is, it's a, it's a regular paycheck, mm-hmm. which is way important. But it's also, it can also be a break from, you know, sitting at a table and uh, inking for hours on end. Um, I find myself on my job thinking about comics or, you know, what I'm doing. You know, some story today I was thinking about. You know the Sparta Bay web comic, and it start, things started to fall into place as I was going because I was in a routine, and I could compartmentalize part of my brain to that. So, uh, day jobs are very important for different reasons, especially wives. They like day jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Girlfriends. Yeah, bill collectors like the day jobs too. Surprisingly, yeah. you know, they like to be paid. But yeah. you know. It really depends on the day job, like Bill was saying. You know, if you do something that's relatively repetitious or, you know, relatively uh, mindless that you can just do and not have to put all your brain power to it, um, then it really works out for you to, uh, you know, to be able to do that and do your comic stuff. Right. Now, you know, there is a theory, too, that... uh, no matter what your day job is, giving yourself time away from it will make the will make you that much more dedicated to doing your comic because you have that that's your release, you know, that's your passion. You may push yourself harder, especially if you have a job you're not exactly fond of. You may push yourself harder to get your book done so that eventually 
you might be able to pursue comics as a livelihood. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it goes back to you, you've got to be, we've talked in the past, organized, too. Mm-hmm. You know, set up realistic goals. If you work eight or ten hours a day at your quote-unquote day job, um, you come home, if you have a family at home, you know, you got to spend a few minutes with them. And they're realistic, what are you getting, three or four hours in a night? Maybe. Um, what can you do in that time? And you got to be organized. I mean, sit down and know. Uh, you know, you can't fiddle on the internet. You can't, you can't, you know, you got to sit down and say, okay, I got to draw this page. This is my goal tonight. Or my goal tonight is to get these backgrounds drawn. Or I need to get, you know, two-thirds of this page to ink. Or I need to get this page flatted in color. Have goals set. And at the end of the week, review your goals. If you're not making them, that's fine as long as you're working towards it. But then review your goals, reset your goals, and see, trying to get yourself to reach those goals and be successful. Because we all thrive on being successful. So um, working around the day job, we all have to do it. I mean, Bill, Bill has a different type of day job than I have. Um, I recently sold one of my day jobs, the store, I still have Blue Line and Sketch Magazine. So these two take up a majority of my quote-unquote daytime. Um, I'm probably more flexible than both of you guys because if I feel like cutting out for um, like I do on Wednesday afternoons and draw with Jackie Hernandez, Clay's way, I do it. I take three or four hours and draw. She's drawing. We're talking strips. I'm inking. Might be coloring. Boom. I'll make it up tonight. I'll work on my day job tonight and make up what I didn't get done. So I'm, I'm probably more flexible but, um, you know, John, I know you're pretty well tied up and in, in being a teacher, you're probably chaotic from the time you get to school until you walk out. Yeah, they tend to frown on me cutting out to go draw <laughs> in the <laughs> middle of the day. What, what do you teach? Well, I do teach art, but they okay. do frown on me cutting out, leaving <laughs> a whole group of kids there by themselves. Yeah, I would imagine. Drawing is somewhat encouraged, but I don't think I could get away with, you know, messing with a comic book there. Right. Although I have done it occasionally in the past, between <laughs> between you, me, and everybody listening. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there is that, and uh, not only organized, but uh, you really have to be dedicated, and you have to be smart about it. And uh, you know, not only what you were saying, realize that you won't be able to finish everything at one time, but be able to give yourself a plan, you know, it, look at it very much like it's its own job. Right. You know, I, I don't want people to say that they should clock in and out, you, you know, for well, this, but uh, whatever it takes. Right. It's kind of that theory. You need to say, OK, an hour tonight. Uh, I've got an hour. This whole hour is comic. You know, let everybody in the fam know that, hey, this hour is comics or this two hours or whatever is comic no pro right. i can't deal with any problems i can't deal with you know unless the house is burning down leave me be for this hour you know you don't have you don't have kids do you john well no i don't but <laughs> <laughs> best thing is wait till they go to bed yeah it's well, still your hour that, that's that's the easiest way exactly but yeah um i, I agree with you i i think you you gotta look at okay if you're going to do creative artwork, you're going to draw, you're going to write, you're going to ink, you're going to color. Are you are you a creator that you're creating your own property? 
So are you creating something that you think that will sell, build readers, and that at the end of the day you're just proud to get out there? Are you looking to land work from one of the up-and-coming independent publishers, a mid-range publisher, and working your way up to one of the top-end publishers? And at that point, you hope to quit your day job. Um, it's not easy, but I'm not putting doom and gloom on the industry. It takes right. dedication. It takes commitment. And it's what, you know, if, if you're an inker and you just want to ink, do it. Get to, The work's out there. You got to depend on how much income you want to make off of it or if you want to do your own stuff. So I got, you just got to set the goals. You got to set the goals and stay after them. Um, I know early before this podcast, we all three were discussing Skystorm and that we're going to get together and set some goals to get everything out in the diff- different areas. So, you know, we're going to try to work that around our day jobs so we're successful at our deadlines on it. So, Yeah, I don't want to doom and gloom anybody, but you also have to be very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you just have an hour a night to give to inking, you're not going to get a DC or Marvel job right off the bat. You got. Well, I think at that point, you, you land that DC or Marvel job. The odds are you're going to either cut down to part time doing a day job, or, or whew, I'd be scared. But well, uh, yeah, day job. You know, you don't want to give up the day job because you never know. Working for those guys, you you are still a freelancer. Right, it's fickle. And yes, even so, you know, I know some of the top people there, and it's they're not guaranteed work. Right. But, uh, yeah, my, the point I'm thinking is that maybe it's better to start small, set your goals a little lower, mm-hmm. that your first job doesn't have to de- be DC or Marvel. Your first job could be a much smaller company, build up a portfolio, mm-hmm. and build up experience, build up. You know, if you're lucky, even a little additional cash flow. Right. And then work your way up maybe to that. And as your cash flow from the smaller things goes up, uh, potentially your day job could become less and less. And you may get to the point where then, hey, you can go be inker for Marvel or DC. Right. And that works for inking, coloring, lettering. Yeah, yeah. Any of the production end of it, pencil. Right. Um, and there's also studios you get involved with. You know, they're going to be careful what you expect from them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's guys out there like um, Danny Mickey, who has three or four guys he works with. Um, I know a couple of people who's got, you know, worked with Danny and worked with some of the other studios, Image Studios and stuff. So um, you just got to build up your name and that you can complete whatever project you take on. Don't take on a project. And kill yourself trying to keep the day job and try and get this project done. Because when you're late with that project, you're hurting yourself. Because you'll be marked as you're always late. Yeah, that's the last thing you need, especially if you're just starting out. Yep. You want to impress everybody that you work for. You don't want to... I mean, you know, life happens and people understand that. But if your life is happening every time you get a job... People are going to start shying away from you. Right. Yep. True. I mean, there there is that um, element of drama with a capital D that, um, yeah, it's like high school. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't finish my assignment because my, you know, dog barked, yeah, yeah. you know. But, you know, having a day job, yeah, there I went inside again, didn't I? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I had a complete thought earlier. And, and it left. I started listening to you guys, and it, I started listening. I started listening, sorry. I listened to the podcast, Sue Me. Wow. Uh, teach you to listen. But, yeah, we, yeah, really. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I like our podcast. So, uh, but in the, when I first started, you know, working with Bob and stuff, I mean, I, I quit the video store. I worked at a video store and I quit to focus on comics. Well, I went back to the video store just because I wanted a regular paycheck. But at that, when I went back to the store, that's when all my books started coming out. You know, right. You know, that we were, and then it just went from there. Um, that was a good balance for me because it gave me time away and um, I had the security of a regular paycheck but also had comics and whatever that brought plus like I said once you start getting published and you start doing things that are you're involved in the industry or, or whatever whether it's conventions or uh, store appearances that kind of thing once you sort of change your own mindset about what you're doing it's a hobby it's a job it's a you know, it's a pastime, it's a paying hobby kind of thing. I mean, you can define that for yourself. Um, it's hard to be objective about your own, you know, work or your, your own potential sometimes, but setting goals for yourself as to what you want, that's, a, that's the beginning. Then you sit down and you start thinking or start planning on how you can try to achieve that. And maybe your path diverges from what you plan um, the best laid plans of mice and men you may end up doing something else uh, you may actually find what you were meant to do kind of thing you know right but I look at my regular job that's my job but comics are my calling that's my avocation that's where I am led no way will my day job be my passion. You know, it just, it's not going to happen. It's just a job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm good at it, I think. <clears throat> I sure hope. And, you know, and like I said, it's, it's a regular paycheck, and there are advantages to being away from a desk or a drawing table and having that uh, break in the routine or break in the sedentary part of it um, because like I said my, I've said before my mind is working all the time anyway you know my fish are always swimming mm-hmm. um, and every fish is a thought a idea or whatever and I've got to you know set those apart or compartmentalize them or uh, divvy them up some way and you know making a plan is you know definitely a part of that putting it down on paper helps um, some of the things on Comics Mentor, some of the things you guys were talking about earlier are some of the things I've talked about on Comics Mentor where you, if you have a plan, uh, don't just make it just a vocal plan. I want to do this. Write it down. And if at the end of the week, as you said, Bob, a week passes and you haven't made every uh, thing on the list, so what? Right. 
you're moving forward, and that's what counts. Maybe, maybe something happens. You know, life happens. You know that. Mm-hmm. We all know that. Uh, don't let that be an excuse, but you know, allow for things to happen. And if they happen, deal with it. But right. you know, don't whine about it. I know. You know, too many, and and, and that's in everything. Don't. Don't whine about this, you know, stuff. I can't get, I can't get a break. I know, I know people who are <sighs> perpetual whiners, or yeah. you know, just with that. And 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 people don't want to be around that. And I, I know. I I just read something from somebody earlier today about some, and it's, it comes off as whining. You know, it wants to be a published artist, but all it was it uh, was whining and. <laughs> His, the other journals that or uh, messages and things that I've read, the blog posts or whatever. You know, this guy's not really a published guy, but I can see what you know. It's hard to to get past that sometimes, and people know what they expect. And you know, if you're that whiner, it's hard to see that you're that whiner. But um, I mean, you're you're the the perceptions of others of you are important as well all right you know, if people see you as that then it's going to be hard for you to break against that once you realize you're oh my god i'm the whiner i'm the one you know you've got, you've got to get past that and um i mean you just got to do it you just got to you know make a plan work on the plan uh plan uh, <laughs> I don't want to say plan sometimes uh, on some things because let's, you know, plan for everything, but, uh, have goals and write them down and, and work on them and just move forward. Just, just keep moving. And, okay. and no, I was going to say, you know, we're, we're telling you not to beat yourself up if you're, if you miss your goals, but you know, beat yourself up a little bit. <laughs> John, you know, you're always pushing. Stay, stay focused, you know. Uh, stay focused. Don't. I mean, you know, don't commit Harry Carey with your crow quill, but you know, go. Darn it! Next week, I'm going to do twice as good as I did this week. You know, uh, there, push yourself. Well, I can tell you're a teacher. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> now, well, I do that with my youngest. He's nine, and we build upon the small successes. Um, he's got learning disabilities, you know, dyslexia and ADHD and everything. And uh, so we build on the small successes, but we also try harder, you know. Let's, let's step this up another step that we can reach. So, you know, make a plan. Spend all the time that you can on, on that job. Do your best work. And then at the end of the week, review. Did you succeed what you wanted to? If not, what do you have to modify to do that? And then, because once you start succeeding upon a certain goal, you can add to it. It's like walking that mile. That second mile comes easier than that first mile. You know? Walking that first mile sucks. Wears you out. Walking that second mile gets a little easier. Walking that third mile gets a little easier. So getting to those successes, getting to that point, and then start adding a little bit to your load that you can handle. And, you, and you'll be able to do it. Uh, but let me emphasize one thing. Keep it fun. Keep it enjoyable. 
that's why we do. I don't know why we do comics. It's it's like everything. It must be like hardwired into our brains, into our bodies. Because if I understand, yeah, if I understand right, there's people out there that really just enjoy reading comics. I, I wouldn't know, but I understand there is people out there that just want to read comics. I run into a ton of people that want to create comics, make comics. We enjoy reading comics. We we love being around comics. But evidently, there is this group that really enjoys just reading, too. And uh, I'm not one of them. I want to get out there and, and make them also. That doesn't keep me from not spending 60 bucks a week when I go to the store now with my discount. Gee, yeah. But it's got to be hardwired into us to want to spend all this extra time doing something like this. You know, um, somebody asked me today... If I had uh, watched Smallville, I love Smallville. It came out last Friday, right? New mm-hmm. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. a good one too. No, I, I got a DVR. I ain't had a chance to even think about it. I've threatened the boys not to race it, <laughs> but it, it, I, it might be after New York. I might have to catch up on two, three of them. Yeah. I just don't see the time between the projects I'm handling and the stuff I get ready for New York, pulling it off. So, um. Yeah, you have to give up some things or try to fit those things in around time. Um, I know, like, the good thing, like, with DVDs, I'll sit here and watch DVDs as I work. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problems doing that at all. Firefly is one that I've watched several times as I'm working. Um, just love it. Yeah, I mean, plan, keep it enjoyable. That's why we do this. We, we enjoy creating. We enjoy creating a, a visible, illustrated medium, and we enjoy it when people enjoy our work. I think that's the best satisfaction. We we believe what we're going to create is going to do well, and, and not everything does well. Come on, we've all you know thought this is it, and it's flopped. Maybe it flopped because it wasn't executed right, or it wasn't the right time for the market, or what? Who knows? But stay on it. And uh, create because you enjoy that. Um, so. Right, and I think that really connects to, um, you know, I mean, we love comics. We, you know, we love reading comics. But the bad thing, at least for me anyway, is I'll look at a comic and go, okay, I could have done that. I would have done <laughs> that differently. I would have done that differently. Really? You know, sometimes, yeah, I'll really... Nah. If the story doesn't grab me right away, I'll start looking for the places that they miss grabbing me. Really? Now, see me, yeah. I'm always the one that, that always thought that George Lucas knew Wade, Kitty, um, Anakin was as a kid, not me. You know, he had all these all these fans of uh, Star Wars who says, George Lucas, Lucas couldn't even get Anakin right as a kid. That kid didn't play him right, da-da-da. I'm like whose story is this? Is this our story that we've thought about yeah. for 30 years? Or is this George telling us this is what Anakin was like as a kid? I'm always up to what I call ride the roller coaster. Whatever you want to tell me, if it's something I enjoy, I'm not going to pick it apart. I'll enjoy right. it. Um, even on comics, I'll take a comics, flip through it real quick. Doesn't grab me visually or creatively. I'll pass right now. There's too many of them out there. There's too many comics. And, and that's sort of what I'm thinking when I'm creating, I got to compete against all this work that, that I would turn down. Why would I pick this up? Why would I read this? Not because I, I created it, but visibly 
what what story wise what character wise what design wise am I creating here that would make me spend the money on it so yeah but I, I don't I, I I don't want to call it waste time because right, right it's right. not but I, I just I've got better I'd rather read a good comic that I'm gonna enjoy than sit there and tear one up that I'm like oh well you know he missed the mark um, Walking Dead was one that I picked up first couple issues like yeah right zombie crap sorry um, and then somebody came in the shop and said this is really great and I says man it's a zombie book they're like no it's about the living it's about the people who are trying to survive zombies are there I reread it and I fell in love with the story so you know he he at this point had built the characters had built the storyline up and and it was reaching me at that point early on it didn't so you, you've got to produce a book that you love and you can get a reader to love mm-hmm. but also if you're self-creating if you're doing your own property your own story your own stuff there's not a problem with trying to merchandise and trying to make money nowadays digitally and print on demand and not worry about taking it to a publisher. And that's something we need to discuss some point mm-hmm. is how you can take that hard-earned work and you created your 20, 22-page comic. Now, what do you do with it? This is your own property. This is if you self-create it. You self-publish. You print on demand. You print digitally. You do shows. Build up the readership. I mean, you can go out and print. I've, and I've seen them do this. I've seen people go out and create this comic, and they absolutely love it. They go out and print 5,000 copies of it. And I'm like, what are you going to do with this copy, this comic now? Well, I'm going to distribute it through Diamond. Well, Diamond wouldn't even touch them, much less sell 5,000 copies. There's no way. So, and, you know, I, I've been early on in the studio 20 years ago. I way overestimated print runs and, you know, because I was too in love with the property, too attached to it, to realize, okay, is there a readership out there? Can I land, you know, get enough people in to read this to justify this print run? So, But now today, the great thing is that we do have print-on-demand short runs, um, which we need to talk about at some point in time, what a print-on-demand is, what a short print run is. Um, right. mass, a, print, a mass print run and then really get into the digital end. And John, you're going to do some researching on digital stuff, so maybe once you get that together, I think it'll make a great podcast discussing all the different areas they can take it to. Right, yeah, I think that that's really a thing completely unto itself because mm-hmm. uh, it's a huge part of the industry right now, so we don't want to get too deep into that. But you did mention something that I think we do want to hit on. Uh, once you've got your comic, it's ready to go. Your comic isn't the only thing. Right. You really need to think about uh, how to merchandise your <laughs> property anymore because, uh, you know, um, not everybody's going to pick up that comic just completely unto itself. Right. You've got to do a little more to draw people to the table or to the website or what have you. So what can people do for that? Well, I think what you got to do is, is have something attractive and get out there and, and beat the bushes. We've talked about social medias and stuff. But mm-hmm. when you get them to your site, what do you have to offer them other than, you know, here's what I'm doing. You got to have a store 
and you got to have some type of merchandise other than just a comic. Um, posters are easy to do. Um, understand buttons are pretty simple to do now. Um, magnets, stickers. Um, I know uh, Ringtail Cafe's got some bags created that were real affordable. Silkscreen logo and artwork on it that was beautiful. Um, there's ways to merchandise affordably. Um, print out stickers. I mean, use a color printer and print out stickers and package a, a pack of 10 stickers or 12 stickers. Um, cheap, just to get your, your your characters and your title and your property out there. I know, I probably mentioned this last podcast, but we were at Cincinnati Comics Expo. And I was sitting there with some older stuff. And I threw out the um, Clay'sway portfolio. Just mm-hmm. out of the blue, just... Black and white artwork, this is the worst possible way to do it. I threw it on top of everything. Grabbed a piece of artwork and started inking. Because I know when you're doing art, people want to see what you're doing. And I had tons of people stop by and say, this is cute. This is neat. What is it about? And I wasn't prepared. I didn't have any business cards, postcards. I wrote on back of old post um, business cards, the website, and stuff like that. And told me, you know, it would be coming live in a couple weeks. So that made me think for this property, which is now live, is I gotta learn how to do cute. So I, you know, I'm I'm used to doing superhero time travel stuff. So now I gotta look right. at merchandising cute. What is who are who on this? Cause Clay's way, it's not gonna be every everybody's cup of tea. It, it's a, about a little boy who basically drives his family nuts and has an imaginary friend. So it's not it's not superhero based, it's not time travel based, it's not these things I'm used to doing. It, it's totally taking me out of my element, which is fun. It's making it fun for me, but also right. take me out of my element. I gotta learn how to merchandise a strip. So I went to my friends at Ringtel, talked to them because they do their confectionery books. Um, I talked to Laura Inez with the Dreamer. She had some neat little things as far as charms and stickers and. Uh, a few things that she had done, magnets, I think, um, with her property. So we're looking at, okay, my readers are going to be, I would guess, a large volume would be female. Um, Considering we're talking about the site itself has a a resource site for dyslexia, learning disabilities, um, ADHD, and all that. I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of moms, uh, maybe kids with these problems. They might come and check out the strip. But who can I sell to who has the money? It's probably the moms, maybe some of the dads. Um, so we got to think about creating merchandise to that possible buyer. What can we create that they would plunk down five bucks for? What, uh, a T-shirt for ten bucks or fifteen bucks? Yeah. A tote bag for eight bucks. You know, what can we create? Because I'm giving this strip away. I'm not making a dime on this strip. I'm doing it the traditional web comic publishing way. You know, we're giving this strip away to it. So we're not making any money, um, and we're investing money into it. So how can we make a return on it? And the thing is merchandise. So right now we are, and I'll let you guys know what we end up finding out, but I'm looking at buttons, stickers, magnets, T-shirts, hats, and bags. Well, I also think, uh, you know, looking looking at the website, there, there's uh-huh. a couple of things you could definitely do right off the bat. Clay's T-shirt with the exclamation point on it. That's a simple one-color prop. Right, it's exactly, and I think it'll be a big seller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to cost, and I wouldn't begin to know where you would go to to get one, but maybe 
some stuffed pans. Well, we were going to talk about trying to find like stuffed panda bear, panda bears, right? Like, on blowout stuff. Yeah. And then all we got to do is silkscreen little scarfs, right? Tie around his neck. Well, there's yeah. an idea, but you know, you would need to have some uh, relatively annoyed-looking panda bears. Yeah. Well, he's not always. <laughs> he's also fun. Okay. Yeah, so, just in that header, he looks a little Yeah, annoyed. he looks a little annoyed. Yeah. But, um, you know, stuff like that, that scarf. I mean, yes. just silk screening some scarves with that logo on it will definitely be another and, and another avenue. Those are things that we took in consideration when we built that strip. I built that strip. Mm-hmm. Was because we want to give it away, what can we merchandise off of this to make money, to pay for the artist, to pay for the site to be up, to keep it going, so that because along with giving the strip, there's a huge resource site that we're building behind us, right? And a, a community that Bill's been helping me build to, to launch it. Um, I even got a little short podcast. I'm sorry, guys, but when I'm by myself, my podcasts are like eight minutes long. I'm sorry, uh-huh. I, miss, I miss you guys. Do a little research about learning disabilities, and we'll start talking on my podcast over there. There you go. <laughs> um, but it, it's like, what can we merchandise? Well, the shirt was an idea. When I designed the characters, um, I had read an article from Scott Kirks from a PvP Online. He says, when you design a character, you need to be able to know what that character is in total silhouette. By the whites and the blacks of that character, you got to know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, you take Superman... You know what that symbol on his chest is. If he's got a cape and he has that shape on his chest, you know that's Superman. Don't care if you can see his face. Don't care if you can see the collars. You know it's Superman. You know, um, Kurt's designed by shape and black and whites, all his characters. You can tell by silhouettes and the lights and darks of where he spotted his blacks and which of his characters they all were. So we did that with Clay's way upon Clay having an exclamation mark on his shirt um pan having a scarf around his neck with the exclamation mark and was thinking okay these are not only good identity marks to know who he is luke when he appears will have a football jersey and in high school his number was 61 even as a kid when we were going to do a flashback strip he's going to have a mini jersey on with 61 nice so it's it's way that the reader can keep continuity of who's who throughout the whole strip so we're looking at merchandising, and you're right. Um, the shirts are easy. Ball caps with that exclamation point on it will be uh-huh. easy. Um, finding some pans and silkscreen some scarves, stick them on it should be very, very simple. Buttons, I think buttons and charms and bags, tote bags will be sort of simple. So we're gearing up to have a few items, and that's not counting prints, posters, collections of the strips. You know, these are merchandise too. Yeah. So, and those are a lot easier. You need to um, find some place you can make pencils. Pencils. They pencils. A place. I had a place that. Oh, I can find a place with blue line. It'd be perfect, you know, for stickers and stuff. Yeah. Heck yeah. Number two pencils. I like that's a promotional yep. tool. I like that. Go. Okay. Thanks, John. Hey, no sweat. Um. So, yeah, merchandising is important because you spend all this time in developing this and creating it. You would like to benefit from it if you own the property. Mm-hmm. So, can you guys think of any other? I mean, I've seen some really creative stuff that you can make. Um, a couple years ago, and I'll probably have that stuck away in my office stuff. 
this dot guy and I don't know how much time he spent on it, but he, he, he created this pop-up house. He sold them a flat. They were bagged in uh, comic book bags and backing boards, but you take it out and just with a little twist, it was a pop-up house and, and it was a like a, a, a scary type book, you know, it was like right. a goth type book. And of course they had this house in a book. So this guy like color copied this, cut them out, build them. And I think it was like eight or nine bucks, which is crazy. And I bought it just because like, oh my gosh, this is a cool concept, cool little piece of merchandise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, another thing is walk around the shows, see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially if they got a property like yours, um, what are they producing? What kind of reship, you know, do you think they're pulling in? And what kind of merchandise are they putting out? Or yeah, they're I mean, not doing something like yours, and then that you could, you could somehow adapt. be inspired in your own. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never know. Right. Yeah, because I've seen people do like little little clay figures or little PVC figures mm-hmm. of of their characters that uh, you know. I mean, they're they're these little dust collecting things, but people love stuff like that. I know Kurtz over at PvP Online again just did some vinyl toys of his character. He, they designed his own little vinyl shape. You've seen the blanks, yeah, the boonies and stuff like that. Well, he designed his own, and then he had three of his characters printed on it. It's the same shape, but it's like right. had three like uh, scratch. I forget who all, but three of his characters printed on it. So that is cool. But that's that's an investment. That's where you have a good readership build up. Uh-huh. And you can take pre-orders on it, so you know about how many you need to order, and you know about how many you're going to sell, and you move along something like that. So, but yeah, I've thought about getting like like the two or three inch little manga type, um, uh, super deformed figures. Right. Sculpted. I know, I know a gentleman who works for the uh, Franklin Mint. He sculpted oh, nice. a uh, Warlay statue back when he first started out. I thought about mm-hmm. contacting him to do a little Claysway and a little pan and then get no solid cast. Just cast it as solid figures, but make right. it in clear or something like that, you know? Um, that might be cool. Make a paint your own. Yeah. Well, they that's the big thing is uh, the uh, oh, blank, yeah, those, blank toys. Right, those goofy little uh, manga-looking things, yeah. Yeah. We sold a ton of those in the store. Yep. And that's another way to merchandise. If you have the time, you want to spend it. Now, understand, anytime you have to physically invest in creating merchandise, you're taken away from creating your comic. Right. You have to be careful and, and there again, do a balance. Would it be better off creating some merchandise that you can quickly get made up and spend your time in creating more comics? And, uh, I mean, I, I myself, I could get lost into making merchandise and spend tons of my time doing it. But I'd rather spend my time on creating the comics and trying to farm out as much of the merchandising as I can. And especially if it's short run. I mean, I'm not going to go get a thousand buttons made. I might go get 50 made, you know, give it a shot, see what they do well. Um, so that, that's, that's sort of what you've got to look at is you're going to invest this time, and if you're doing a creator-owned project, then how do you make the money from it? 
how you know we've talked about building readerships and you, you can't talk about that enough you got to build a readership before you can ever sell a piece of merchandise so you either got to do the shows or you got to get out there and you know beat the bushes and whatever but once you have a readership I guess we're talking about then how do you merchandise it or as you're building that readership how do you merchandise it and I think ultimately people just need to be realistic you know start mm -hmm. Start small, like, uh, you know, I, ha I have to keep looking back at the guys from, or guys and girls, actually, uh, my, our friends from Ringtail. Mm -hmm. uh, they still real small. They started out with stuff like button, you know. Um, they purchased a button maker, made their own, incredibly hot seller, and uh, moved into uh, keychains and, you know, little things like that. Now they're up to bags that are extremely popular right. uh where they're going to go from here who knows you know? so but they're building that and they're going to all these shows where people may not even buy their comic necessarily but they're buying all the tchotchkes that they have there so you know it's it really works both ways you know you were saying uh do your comic or build the merchandise I think mm -hmm. it also helps, you know, do the merchandise to help you ultimately build your comic. Right, right. People like, if they like your comic and they enjoy reading it, but the mer sometimes the merchandise, depending on what it is, buttons, um, they get to share your comic with their friends that way. Which, you know, because right. they're wearing the buttons or they got a bag or a hat or a shirt. You know, they get to share, hey, look at this. I'm the first one who found this book. This is awesome, you know. And and as the creator, you love it, man. And I can just, I can't wait the first time I see somebody walk up with the Clay'sway exclamation yellow shirt on. And we're going, oh, my gosh. This is awesome. Um, so it, it's it, it's another pat on the back. And, and sometimes you can use merchandising as a way to take a break from the every day of creating. Because no matter how much I say, keep it fun, keep it great. If you're doing this as a side job, or even as a daytime job, it can get m mundane. You know, you, f you get a little lost. And if you're at that point, you're a little lost, you're not producing, you just don't feel like working on it, jump over and create a piece of merchandise for it. Take a little break. There's nothing wrong with taking a little break as long as you make it productive for yourself. And everybody's gone. <laughs> you're on a roll yeah <laughs> if you guys could see my hands I was really on a roll I'm, I'm doing that over and over and over with the fingers you know it's like and and and, <laughs> and uh, yeah so but no I mean it's something that it's very dear to me right now because we are re-kicking in Skystorm um, we're looking at properties we published 15 years ago we're looking at properties we're creating brand new right now that's all all new stuff we're looking at Web comic publishing. Cause I would like for it to grow, you know, to take care of us and maybe, you know, bring in new people in, bring in people to, to help us get this stuff out, letters, colors. It needs to generate money. And you can't just look at, oh, I'm going to sell 500 copies of the comic. That's not going to be enough money. So you got to look at merchandising. Merchandising help builds up readership. Look at, you know, how many shows can you do? Mm -hmm. you know, I'm probably going to be doing more shows than most anybody next year. 
But, and you know, it's my day job with Blue Line that's going to be doing the shows. I will be having a booth at those shows. I will take advantage of that. Not everybody has that opportunity. Um, not everybody has the opportunity to do a podcast for their magazine and get to plug their studio. I, I, I realize that, too, and I hope that the listeners don't, you know, appreciate that we're out here doing it with them. You know what I mean? We, right. we are out here creating with them. We're out here doing this as a secondary job. We're out, we love comics. Um, you know, I look forward when I go to shows to see what people who buy Blue Line and people read sketch and what they're producing and what they're making. And I hope in return they see us at a show or they're online. They'll check out what we're doing. As uh, what uh, Chuck Moore saying is that we're comic related. We all rise and fall, fall together. Together. Correct. I'm going to make sure of that and copyright it. So you Chuck should. Can. Yeah, so Chuck can't have it. But <laughs> <laughs> No, Chuck said that ever since I've met him. Yep. Um, you know, we all rise and we fall together. And that's sort of like like this. You know, this is us trying to share what we've learned. Um, we answer questions when we get them. You know, we, Bill really hits the forums. John, you're constantly every day posting videos. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um we're just trying to give everybody the best advantage to be successful. You know, you've got to, one, make it something you love, and two, got to make it affordable to do, whether it's bringing in an income. You know, it's like the wife. You know, I've got to justify, if I'm going to do all these shows, I'm going to spend all these nights working on this stuff, is it helping the family, you know? Or is it just a middle-age crisis? That's been going on for 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> the world's longest middle-aged crisis. Well, all right. I guess for the past eight years, it's we've dabbled with it. You know what I mean? Once I launched the store, right. we sort of dabbled with the studio here or there, whatever. It was mostly blue line and running a retail store. Well, now that I sold a retail store, this studio's got to go. So it's no longer dabbling. It's It's... I want it as the day job. So it, it's probably the biggest push, and my family's feeling it. It's the biggest push I've put on this stuff and the time invested in it. So um, I'm right there with everybody else. You know, I love it. I love sharing our experiences that we make and the things that we do and the things that we learn. And I love hearing what other people are doing out there. So please write us, uh, get on the forums and share. Uh, get on John when he makes a post on a video and it helps you out. Let him know. But, um, you know, we, we all are out here doing our best to help out. And, you know, just, just let us know if we're, we're doing the right thing. But, all right, I'm done preaching. That was that was my comics <laughs> mentor preach. Did I do well, Bill? Thank you for that yeah, lovely you sermon. Did. I did. Walk it like you talk it. That's right. Thank you for that lovely sermon, Brother Robert. Oh, you're welcome, Brother John. And Brother Bill. Um, well, I think I don't think we've done merchandise a fair shot, but I think tonight my throat is killing me. Um, and it's not getting any better with medicine. We'll hit it again. We will definitely come back to merchandise, especially as we get into merchandise. As, yeah. you know, we're going to create merchandise several ways. We're going to create it for a webcomic. And we'll, we'll discuss it. And I think we need to give web comics a huge run on a couple podcasts because they can be so oh, yeah. vital. You know, I keep bringing up the Scott Kirks, the Penny Arcades, the Brad Geiger, Evil Inc. 
it can be so successful. Um, John, you posted a couple of videos of a web comics convention somewhere. There was a young lady who was doing a, a, a web comic um, about sort of an autobiography on her life, but sort of through yeah, it. yeah. She's a she's a nice lady too. I met her at um, at uh, Heroes Con yeah. last year. She's got a hundred thousand readers. Oh yeah. There's not a printed comic out there right now that has a hundred thousand readers. I know. So web comics, and that you know, that I, I'm doing it because I'm hoping to reach the audience I'm trying to attract with Glazeway. But, geez, a hundred thousand readers—that is awesome. Oh yeah. You know, so the possibility out there is just tremendous. It's tremendous. So that's why we keep coming back to it because there's tons yeah, and tons I'm- of possibilities. I mean, I don't don't want to get too deep into it because we're going to do it for another show. But you know, web comics are incredibly popular for a whole variety of reasons. First, being the immediacy. Yes. You know, it's right there on your computer. You don't have to go anywhere and pick up a copy. It's right there. Uh, if the artist is, you know, dedicated at all, it's usually right there, the same time every week. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, there's a there's a lot um, there's a lot of benefit to web comics and we'll hit that another time. Yeah, I think I think we gotta give them a fair shake. You guys got there and hit a oh, bunch. Yeah. We'll discuss them. Um, I want to get. I did not catch the name of her comic, so I'm gonna go back and grab that um, video off of comic related, it, and I want to re-listen to it because the gentleman was talking about his, and he's got a tremendous amount. Right. Um, Katie and I was gonna go to Maine. And it was the first or second weekend of November. I think it's first weekend. I think it was going to go up against Mid-Ohio Con. And uh, it, I think it's called New England Web Comic Convention. Mm-hmm. We were going to drive up and just spend the weekend absorbing all of this. But I can't get a table because our web comic's too new. And right. I can't really justify that long of a trip without at least having a table to possibly promote. You yeah. know. So, and I don't think it's a big enough convention that I can justify a blue line trip out of it. So yeah. we'll probably go to the Mid-Ohio Con. I'm going to call them and see if I can still get a table there for the studio. And uh, we'll sit up up there for Mid-Ohio Con. But it's a lot closer. And but, her uh, her comic's name is Dar. Dar. D-A-R. Right. And, yeah, and it's, the content is slightly adult. So I'll warn people... I'll warn people ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's 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 not a kiddie webcomic at all. It's, no, no. It is somewhat adult content, but uh, yeah, but it is it is very good, and she's uh, you know she's really a nice lady. Yep. Yep. I'm interested in checking it out and seeing what yep. she's doing. And that's another thing: if you're doing webcomics, check out other webcomics. Oh, check yeah. out what they're doing for merchandise. What are they doing to sell their stuff? Listen, if these people do podcasts, promote them. Look at everything they're doing. You know, use them as a uh, mentor. Sorry, Bill. But, uh-huh. um, Sorry. You know, use them as as a way to, you know, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this. You know, but understand it takes a while to build up your readership. You you've got to hit the blogs and the forums and 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 get on podcasts yourself and promote your site and. And, and everything so it takes a while and I will be doing that over the last quarter of this year so promoting the Clay's Way site so I'll update everybody how's it going 
let them know how it rolls. So I would say in a month or so, we need to revisit the, the web comics thing and we will have a better handle ourselves on, you know, our success with it right. or failures right. with it. I don't mind. I, I, I love, don't love failures. Don't get me wrong. I love sharing the information, whether they were successes or failures to help somebody along. Now, maybe a failure for me would be a success for somebody else. You hear an idea that I did, it didn't work. But to your readership, it would work. Take it, run with it, go with it, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a web comics, guys. Um, shoot, this thing is, is actually starting to get pretty lengthy again. <laughs> so, um, we seem to always like to talk. Three amigos here. So, let's, let's start doing a wrap-up. John, what, what have you done over at uh, Comic Related this week? All right, over at Comic Related, um, I've done a couple of videos with uh, our favorite colorist, Lisa Moore. One on flatting a page, and one a little later in the week, or earlier in the week, depending on which direction you're going, on um, how to do the final setup to lock the colors into the line art. Uh, in between that, I came across this uh, video gaming group called the Gaming Nirvana. Uh, and uh, they put up this uh, fairly interesting video on this game they have called Infamous 2, uh, which is a comic book-inspired game, and they uh, they have a fairly good discussion about uh, comics, uh, about how comics inform their game creating. So, Wow, really? That's cool. And then, you know, um, to give people... A lot to listen to on a Sunday. I put up the entire, um, I think it's four different videos uh, yeah. together of uh, artist and uh, designer Arlen Shimmer uh, talking about Silver Age books. Talks a lot about uh, Jack Kirby and uh, a lot of the other Silver Age guys. So that's very interesting. That actually got me through, uh, actually got me through do a fairly lengthy grading session at school. So <laughs> it was nice to have that. Uh, then um, for people who hang out on KET, they'll probably know uh, this guy, Bruce Blitz, or, or if you you know go by the art section of the art supply store at all, he's got books out. Well, I came across this thing where he visited CrossGen Studios way back in the day when CrossGen was still alive. Wow. And um, Brant Fowler, um, my CR partner, uh, professional comic book inker, and all-around great guy, Brant Fowler, uh, is the world's largest CrossGen fan. So I put one. I put on here that this one's for Brant because <laughs> he he loved the CrossGen and was very sad to see it go. So. Uh, and this is actually a pretty cool couple of videos because he walks around the studio because uh, for anybody who knows uh, anything about CrossGen, you'll know that all the creators actually worked in the same building. Right. Rather than the way it's normally done now where you may never actually meet the person that pencils your book. But they all were in the same building. He walked around with this uh, concept and artwork and took it to, through each stage from the writing to penciling, inking, coloring, uh, and so forth. So it was a, it's a cool little process. It's a little, uh, it's a little, I don't want to say dumbed down, but uh, it's a little, let's say, simplified for children. 
Right. Because mm-hmm. it was, after all, on KUT. Right. Um, and then this, this next video actually came from an interesting email I received the other day. Uh, the people that are doing the DC Ultimate Pop-Up book emailed me personally. Really? Yes, asking me if I wanted to review the book. Oh, cool. I, I of course, said absolutely. I <laughs> want to review the book. <laughs> no, my book. Actually, <laughs> they're going to give me another copy as a giveaway. Um, oh, oh. And we haven't decided uh, exactly how we're giving that away yet. But anyway, uh, from uh, from all the looks at it, it looks like just the coolest thing ever. And um, they sent several video links with it, which I have put here. And um, the the guy who's doing the book goes through the process of actually creating the pop-ups. And uh, who knew that, that pop-ups were so involved? Um, They're multi-layered. And, you have to be oh, thinking yeah. multi-layers of movement. and But yet how they close and, and, you know, the packaging and then how they produce it. You got to right, recreate exactly. this book how many times? Exactly, and yeah. you know he goes through the process of how they, how they'll essentially just draw it out and cut it up and you know build it three dimensionally. And for the Wonder Woman one, they even have her lasso coming out, and the lasso part is string. That when it first comes out, it kind of spins. Oh wow! I mean, just just freaking cool videos. People got to go just watch them, you know. And uh, the last one, um, actually, this one is almost for Bill, if nothing else. Uh, <laughs> and I, I went looking for this book, and I wasn't able to find it yet. But uh, uh, this, uh, this guy, the thing is on this, is another KET show, surprisingly enough, uh, where this uh, writer and artist uh, decided that he was going to research Bill Waters' son, the guy who does or who did rather Calvin and Hobbes. Right. Uh, well, not only did it become uh, this book about uh, Bill Watterson, but it also became a book about his journey and what he learned about himself and everything else. So, um, and how, you know, Calvin Hobbes is one of those rare books that sort of appealed across the board. I mean, kids got it and adults got it for right. totally different reasons. So um, so that's an interesting little video. And uh, I'd like to find this book someday because I have yet to... Uh, look it up on Amazon? Uh, I haven't done that yet just because I haven't had time. But I happened to be in a couple of bookstores this weekend and uh, hadn't found it in any of those yet. So Amazon's probably my next thing. Okay. And I think that brings us up to the most current. So, Bill, what's going on over at the forums, Bill? We still got the art contest going? Yes, we do. Um, it's when a, the DVD for Get Him to the Greek, um, draw, draw your favorite rock star in concert. Uh, they can go to comic-related forum, and it's under Sketch Magazine section in the contest section. I think we have the second uh, big header. Uh, or they can go to Comics Mentor. I think I have a list there, uh, a link there, um, off one of the posts. It has the rules and the, the you know, the, the particulars. And as it, as I said before, it, you have to be 18 because the movie's rated R. But um, 
you know, jump in and, and draw. Give yourself a chance to, to do something, and uh, the winners get published in Sketch Magazine, and uh, some of them win copies of the DVD. So, Cool. Cool. Um, let's see, I got a couple announcements. Um, by the end of this week, I have a post over at sketchmagazine.net that the official Sketch Podcast Apple app is available. Um, this is part of our deal with Lipson, who um, hosts our podcast. Um, you can go to the Apple Store through iTunes. You can search Sketch Magazine. It will take you to the app. Um, it uh, it is a dollar ninety nine fee. Um, the guys who create it, they gotta make some money off of it. Um, but we get some of that too, so we appreciate anybody who purchases it. Um, and it's a great way to keep up with the podcast because once you download the app, I downloaded it towards my phone and I bought it. And um, it automatically goes out. It finds all the current podcasts. Um, you can mark them. It's, it's cool. It's a very cool item. We recently had so many hits and our podcast seemed to go so long that we had to move up in a plan. And at that plan, it offered us the app. We went for it, and it's, it's it's cool. It's the next step for the podcast, and something for us to be proud of, and it's pretty cool. So um, I'll have a link on the site here in the next couple of days for it once I get the imagery. And um, Sketch Magazine 40 is still in the works, guys. There's, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, it's getting done. Positive the steps. Magazine. It, it's, it's killing me. It's turning me gray, and I have photo proofs of it that it is. Um, I will get it done. Little things over at Blue Line is if you're a webcomics.com member, Blue Line is now offering you guys a discount. So if you're a member over there, um, go check it out. Um, of course, if you're a Club Blue member, you get a discount with Blue Line already. Between that and working on the Skystorm and Clay'sway stuff, that's it. So cool things are happening. We will be offering soon. I've been working on this on the side is um, all the digital sketches if you're in the digital comics if you're in, the, in the, getting them um, we're going to start releasing them in tens like one through ten will be the first dvd um should have that up within a month i'm looking to have it done by the end of october the first one because we want to sh- promote it as a holiday gift for sketch so it might be cool to throw some of these podcasts on with that for bonus what do you guys think there easter you go. eggs huh easter, easter eggs yeah, yeah we can have all kinds of we can do that. Yeah, we, we can. We can do. Gotta hide them bad boys. <laughs> but yeah, we American could do uh, the ten, ten, one through ten plus best of is gonna be on first DVD. But then we can include audio files of the podcast up to that point. Nice. That'd be neat. So, man, ten. see, I better make a note. We create new stuff on right. there for me to do all the time. So, write this down. Write this down. Podcast on DVD collection. Um, so, yeah, we're working on stuff, guys. Hang in there with us. Um, hit, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do my spinoff. Um, you can find me at sketchmagazine.net. I will try to get it updated and keep it updated. Um, I'm looking to move it into WordPress and post. It's easier. Um, you can catch me over at Blue Line. Um, I can be reached at bobh at bluelinepro.com or on Facebook. So, John, how can I reach you? You can find me, as always, at john at sketchmagazine.net or john at comicrelated.net or you can leave 
a message in the Sketch Magazine blog, as we mentioned earlier, and let us know what you think of all the videos I put up. And that's it. Bill? You can go to Comics Mentor and keep up with some of the things that we talk about, uh, things that are coming up, things I think are cool. You can get me at comicsmentor at gmail.com or at the comic-related forum. We have all our podcasts. We Each podcast has its own topic thread. Reply to the podcast, you know, sound off on what you like, you know, your questions, any of that stuff. So go. Awesome. Go there. Um, one more thing. Go there. Go <laughs> One more thing before we sign off. Our podcast has checked. We've reached 2,500 downloads. So we're picking up a little steam. So, I mean, I think it just, we've got a great crowd. You know, Comic Raids helping promote it. Uh, All three of us get out there. It's just, we're marketing. We're showing that, you know, we can get it out there. So, um, thank you. Thank you for listening and pass the word around. We appreciate it. So, uh, it's been a good one, guys. Appreciate it. It's been fun. Take care. See ya. Good night, everyone.